0: Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe, hosted on the Relay FM network. This show is brought to you by OnePassword. I am one of your hosts, Yasmine Evian, and as always, I have two lovely co-hosts joining me, Russell Ivanovich and Andy Anako. How, how are you, lovely guys?
1: We are. We are doing very well, or I am at least. It feels a little bit less temporary this week. I'm happy that um, I got a return gig on the show. <laughs>
0: You just had to put up with me calling you lovely.
2: <laughs> I have assigned Russell my proxy uh, to respond for me on how uh, how I'm doing, uh, and I'm glad to see that my trust has not been uh, ill placed. <laughs> I am in, I, di- I do concur with the statements that uh, and endorse the statements that Russell has made. I did approve that message. My client has uh, no further words at this
1: time. Yes, I mean.
0: <laughs> So I met a uh, some material listeners over the weekend. So that was pretty fun. We were at the Phoenix Mobile Festival. And got to meet some listeners. So, hi, listeners. I'm waving at you right now, but you can't see that. So it was fun uh, meeting them. They exist. They exist. There's actually listeners out there. Uh, listeners
1: listen to us. or listener? I'm, I'm confused about it, Yeah, uh, the
0: There is multiples, you know. <laughs> multiple. <laughs> no, there was, there was more than one listener. So there's listeners. Oh, that's exciting. And, uh... Okay, yeah, now I let's get... move
2: on to li- listeners or listen nerds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> listen nerds. Got it. I think it was listeners. Has anybody trademarked that? So, um, we had fun. I, that I, I we gonna, should I, I,
1: I, keep, keep, keep
2: talking. I, I'm dot
1: Literally right now. <laughs> let's see. Well, when, when you think about it, like every every celebrity, you know, band or things like that, they they have a thing they call their followers. We could call our followers listen nerds. I'm sure they'd love that.
0: I, I, I'm I all for it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I gave them uh, material stickers so they had fun. I even got some pictures of them putting it on their, on their physical notebook. Um, so that was fun. So I had fun hanging out with them. So, yeah, have you guys met any uh, listeners lately?
1: I, I haven't met any listeners, but uh, I tell you what, a lot of them emailed us after our Android Pay episodes. <laughs> a lot of Australians, <laughs> it, it turns out they exist. None of them came to claim their free beer. <laughs> But as soon as we slighted, um, you know, one of our banks saying that tap to pay wasn't available here, they all read in, oh, da, oh, da, oh, and that, they were all very excited. <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of uh, messages directly to me and I think some to our inbox as well. And the prevailing message is tap to pay does exist here on Android phones, sort of. So one of our banks, the uh, I guess the one with the, the British name, the, the Commonwealth Bank of Australia, um, has tap to pay inside their app. So it's not... Uh, through Android Pay or Google Wallet, but there is a section where you can um, enable tap to pay, and then you can actually pay um, using the app, which is which is kind of cool. We'll, we'll throw a link into that. I'm not uh, with that bank, unfortunately, so I can't I can't test it. But I'm told that it it works pretty well. So there you go, <laughs> kind of exists in Australia.
0: Is it enough to uh, convert you to their to their bank?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know what it's like in no the comment? US, but in Australia, um, <laughs> the friction involved in changing backs is is quite horrendous especially if you have like a home loan and and things like like a lot of banks try and lock you in with with all these various things and they're like oh you want to leave that's fine just fill out these 600 forms pay all these exit fees and um, we'll see you on the outside <laughs> oh yeah.
0: interesting that sounds terrible <laughs> here it's like you want to you want to check in account here sure yeah, let's give you one for free you know <laughs> you can have as many as you want um, and it doesn't matter. although
1: oh, they, they welcome you on the way in. There's there's no problems about that. It's just leaving your current bank. Is, is well, important. I I have checked,
2: and uh, Listen Nerds is not available, uh, uh, and that's because oh. I have just purchased it myself <laughs> 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 using by using by the way pay, PayPal funds that are in there because of the wonderful uh, fees that uh, the fees that we have been paid uh, for our sponsorship. So this is me putting some money back into uh, this operation. Wait a minute did you so. did you get the .dot com <laughs> i got the dot com Whoa. i can't believe that's available
0: what are you going to do with it
2: uh, that was that was my thought too that uh, this that i i it's it's like it's like when you find a pair of like once I, once i was i was on my daily walk and uh, apparently some postman had left his entire key ring inside the uh, in in the mailbox like it was in it was in it was engaged in the key but he just simply decided to walk away and leave like these 100 like us postal service keys and i said to myself self who do you trust in this world more than you yourself? <laughs> God and your mother and your mother is not here. And God, you've got your suspicions above. It is in no safer hands than in your hands alone. And that I took them rather than uh, rather than just trust that things would work out, rather than trust the guy I would remember and walk back and go get it. I removed the keys, put them in my pocket, walked to the police station and dropped it off. And for all I know, that guy got fired. But I felt as though, listen nerds, who is more responsible to do something good with this, rather than just connect it to some sort of porn clickbait
1: site? <laughs> well, I, I look forward to uh, seeing what you do with that, Andy. I think uh, I'm going to be refreshing that daily just to, to see what happens. Um, actually, porn clickbait site is probably a good idea. Uh, I understand that it's, it's it's good little
2: good little revenue maker. So, hey,
1: you, you got to make money. You're an independent journalist. Like it, it has to happen somehow.
2: I'm a print journalist in a rapidly collapsing market. I should need. I should. I should uh, check my pride <laughs> at the door. And
0: talking about uh, our sponsors, one of our old sponsors, Action Launcher, just got released an update for their app, and they have this really awesome feature called Quick Find that allows you to search from the all app screen, like for different apps. And because you know Chris Lacey is all about swiping and double tapping on icons to kind of get you know the the app to do different things, like load widgets and whatnot. If you actually swipe up from the all apps icon, it opens up your keyboard. So then you can quickly go and search. So if I were to search for uh, maybe Pocket Cast, it would uh, start pulling up all the, the feeds, you know, where I can look at all my apps. And if I were to hit enter, I don't know if you guys can yeah, see this It means there. holding up a glowing if phone. I, were to hit I don't
1: just see a, a white halo.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't see anything. And if I were to hit enter, it would open up the first app on that list just from the keyboard so it's awesome like it opens up apps really quick um that is one thing that i think apple does really well like searching for apps it just does it really fast and although the like google now launcher you know from the google search bar can do that it just doesn't do it quick enough like it gives you too many different options not just the apps and this is like a quick way to do it so anyways i am loving it and uh thanks chris for adding that it's awesome fun to see him I always have, improving if this the is the app. plug
1: section then i have one other thing to plug i was um <laughs> listening to my podcast this week <laughs> and who should i hear but a, a very young sounding andrew and artco on a certain radio drama so if you open pocket cast right now you'll see it in the featured section uh andy art i didn't even know you were on there like i was listening halfway through the announcer's voice comes on i'm like that sounds like andy
2: yeah, again, you try to diversify in this economy, and so I'm trying to I'm trying to enable my portfolio. I'm hoping to attract the attention of the good folks at Audible.com.
1: <laughs> so, we'll, we'll, I've forgotten the official name of it, Andy. It's um, Incomparable Radio in, in, Theater. In,
2: incomparable Radio Theater. Sorry, the full, the full name is the Incomparable
1: Radio Theater of the Air from your podcast pals at the Incomparable. And I've got to say, episode one point one, titled "Jumping Jupiter," is amazing. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's I mean it's really cool. My friend uh uh Jason Snell uh who I've been friends with for he we've been friends for so long that he's the person who taught me how to use the boldface tag in HTML. Uh that's that's how long we've known each other. Uh and so he's he started a couple of different things. He does he does the sixcolors.com blog uh, about Apple News, which is pretty pretty amazing. But he also started this entire like set of podcasts that you can also get Ah, uh, through he he does some stuff through Relay FM as, as well, but a lot of podcasts about uh, science fiction and pop culture uh, through the incomparable brand. And he got a, a whole bunch of friends together. Some of them are, are one of them is a good like uh, play writer. Uh, others are good like directors and doing regular radio dramas on a weekly or monthly basis.
0: I'm excited. I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but it's on my Yeah, on my I mean,
1: I highly recommend it. And I can do that because, you know, I have no affiliation with the show. And also because I've heard Andy practicing that voice on our show before. Like, I, I did wonder where it came from. <laughs> I'm like, aha, I've heard that voice before.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great thing when you're not – when you don't do a whole lot of work in, like, voice voiceover – it takes a good like eight or nine or ten different roles before they realize that oh he really only has like eight or nine or ten voices that he's been doing <laughs> his entire life. They 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 had they had me they had me doing a villain role like in, in one of the series that preceded this one, and I really because I'm not an actor I had to think okay I'm going to do Malcolm McDowell in Star Trek Eight, the one with Malcolm McDowell in it or whatever as opposed to crafting, crafting a brand new character. It's, it's fun. It's mostly people who don't do this for a living. And so as a result, we work really, really hard on the (laughs) one chance we have to look like idiots trying to be voice actors.
0: (laughs) I'm looking forward to that. Are you too excited for the Google event that's coming up uh, next week? So hopefully we'll have something with, you know, we have rumors that are out there, but hopefully we'll have answers to those rumors. Uh, next week when we record again. Yeah,
1: and I mean, Russell
2: doesn't need you as my proxy, so please speak for yourself and myself.
1: Uh, and Andy is wishing that he got review units from Google, but unfortunately, Google doesn't seem to send those out before the event, so he's extremely disappointed, and he'd like to file that with the uh, Nexus product manager, who I suspect is listening to the show. But <laughs> luckily, being a Google event, I think the the leaks to these things are generally pretty accurate. You know, there are a lot of excited people when it comes to Nexus phones. And I think that makes it extremely hard to to keep any of this a secret. So from everything we've heard, and we're gonna know, like in less than a week's time, but you've got the Nexus five X, which is meant to be the, the follow up to the much loved Nexus five, and a Nexus six P, um, pronounced by one of my favourite companies, Huawei. And and I love them because it's hardly <laughs> anyone can pronounce their name. You know, it starts with a H. It's so
2: it's <laughs> it's so cool a few years ago they actually like released a video expl- teaching people americans how to say huawei <laughs> oh, even, though, even though i keep i mispronounce it huawei not huawei <laughs> it must be it must be I hard want to say you. hawaii because yeah. it
0: sounds it's spelled kind of like hawaii yes. no, not really <laughs> i'm just blending all the lo- all the letters together
2: yeah it, it's cool how uh google always uses these nexus rollouts too it seems like they always use it as a way to sort of promote the manufacturing capabilities of different manufacturers i'm not i'm not sure if anybody has gotten that contract twice in consecutive years samsung has manufactured htc has manufactured it the last ones
1: were made by motorola LG um, was in there as well Yep. Uh,
0: actually, wasn't the Nexus 4 that was LG, right?
1: Uh, the Nexus 4 was LG. That's uh, correct.
0: Yeah, right. and then so the Nexus 5 was also oh, yeah, LG. Looked, they did get it, it two that? years in a row. There we go, two in a row.
1: done, LG. And generally, it's funny with these Nexus phones; it's it's changed over time. I think the original one was the the Nexus One, appropriately named, which was um, <laughs> looked a lot like the other HTC phones of the time, and that seems to be a, a pattern. You take a phone that's already out there and built by a manufacturer there are some sort of modifications made to it and then that's released as a Nexus device and I guess the reason people get all excited about those is they get their software updates on day 1 you know you don't generally buy them through a carrier you buy them from the Google store and then they get updated straight away so when there's a new build of android or whatever you know your your phone gets that I say straight away there's still that annoying one week rollout thing that Google do but you get it instantly you don't have to wait for you know HTC or Motorola or Huawei to to deliver it to you which is i think Excites a lot of people,
0: and I yeah, and I think another uh, reason is that they're usually uh, at the price range that's like pretty cheap. I think uh, last year the Nexus Six was six was actually at a higher price point. They're usually around what I think like what three hundred or so, and the that's actually one of the reasons why I started looking at the Moto X because I was like, hmm, I can either buy a Nexus Six at that price point or you know look at other my other options, which I was really excited to test out. You know the Motorola and all the fun features that they added and so that kind of got me off being on the on the nexus bandwagon but um i'm really excited for the updated nexus 5 i think that's going to be a really nice uh, device There was even like one uh rumor and i don't know if this is going to happen but they said there was like a mint colored nexus 5 um and it looked really pretty from the from the picture that they took so i will probably get the mint colored nexus 5 and probably be my next phone if that comes <laughs> out but We'll see. We'll see next week. I,
1: I see a lot of people yeah. excited about the panda version as well, which is white, white on the, uh, the back. Uh, sorry. Yeah, white on the back, black on the front.
0: Yeah. Why isn't there a koala version?
1: <laughs> it's because it'll be all scratchy and smell like uh, eucalyptus and probably catch fire <laughs> if you uh, smoke next to it. So I, th- I think that's why they abandoned that line of phones. <laughs> it is, it is kind of weird, though.
2: Uh, Android Authority and a whole bunch of other places uh, have really good rumors uh, I'll, I'll, on, and to the extent of even having, like, sample photos of... Uh, what purport to be the the actual phones, and they they've got nice not for sale, sale brands like melted into the plastic, and all kinds of stickers with weird barcodes on them. So you know you can't fake things like that. You can't just make a sticker and put it on there. <laughs> but it, the thing that that seemed weird to me is that I um, one the, I really like the fact that the old Nexus Five is the old fashioned like four point eight inch. I, I might be off, but you, those the old fashioned like shirt pocket size phone offset by the Nexus Six, which is the Big ass Pop Tart size device, uh, and if these rumors are correct, uh, the smaller one, uh, the one made by LG, is going to have a 5.2 inch display, which isn't that much bigger than a Nexus 5. But given that if you already have in the line uh, the the Huawei one that supposedly is going to be 5.7 inches, uh, you. It seems like it's an opportunity to make a smaller phone for people who are actively not interested in the bigger devices.
1: Yeah, I think definitely, and I think that's if you can read the you know the outcry or the the Twitter rage that, that happened when the the last one came out is I think a lot of people were upset about the Nexus Six. You know, some people love big phones, and that's awesome, but I think a lot of people felt like the jump from the the five to the six was just too much, and I think people have been wishing ever since. You know, oh, what if there was another Nexus Five? You know, wouldn't it be? amazing to you know be able to have a phone that's slightly smaller in fact i thought you know if you can spare two minutes i'd give you just a brief history of of the nexus line if you like because i think it's quite interesting the the way it's evolved so if you're happy to um indulge me for a moment i'd like to take you on a, a short tour of all the previous um nexus devices and then maybe we can talk a bit about you know the significance of the upcoming one so you can cast your mind back to January 5th, 2010. That's when Google first announced the Nexus One. It was going to be the first device ever to run the new Android 2.1 Eclair, which was state-of-the-art back then. Featured a 3.7-inch you know screen, which I remember at the time was quite big for smartphones. You know, like, ooh, 3.7 inches. You know, that's huge. It was manufactured by HTC, and it had a passing resemblance to the HTC Desire, I believe it was called in Australia. It went um by other names, you know, in various places around the world and the interesting thing about that is that it kind of set the tone, you know, for future Nexus devices where Google looked like they were taking, you know, a device that a manufacturer had already made, you know, made tweaks to it and then released it under the Nexus brand. So if you continue the stroll, you know, down memory lane, we come to the Nexus S, and it was actually only in December of the same year, so it was a very short period between the two. It came with Android 2.3, um Gingerbread, as it was known. And I remember that release of Android distinctly because it was the first one where they seemed to start taking performance really seriously. You know, they made a lot of um, changes to the underlying, um, you know, engine that, that runs all the apps on your Android phone and, you know, things like scrolling got better, launching app performance, you know, apps actually running. You know, I remember upgrade, upgrading the HTC that we had at the time and it made a huge difference to, to the overall performance of the device. And it's one of the first things that struck me about Android, you know, when we first started developing for it, is between 2.1, 2.2 and 2.3, you could see that the operating system was getting better, you know, each and every time. With the Nexus S, Google actually went with Samsung uh, this time around. It, You know, it wasn't as close a resemblance as the previous HTC device was to other HTC devices. It kind of had the curves of the, you know, the Samsung Galaxy S that was around back then, but... It was it was its own phone, you know. It was kind of short. It was had a rounded plastic back. It was, you know, fit quite nicely in the hand. So fast forward to a little under a year later, you've got October 2011, and Google went with Samsung again. This time, you know, you had the Galaxy Nexus, as it was called. And I guess the interesting thing about that particular um, Nexus one is they actually adopted the name Galaxy, which was, you know, that was a brand name of Samsung that was that was on the up on at the time, and that's. know that's kind of interesting in and of itself you've also got the release of android 4.0 ice cream sandwich that came with that you know for me at least that was the first release where android actually got good you know it had all these previous versions 2.3 you know kind of being the highlight before then there was the awkward 3.0 honeycomb in between that was kind of for tablets only but you know managed to sneak its way onto some phones i feel like android 4.0 was the first one where google came out with a a consistent design language. You know, it was called Hollow back then. It was all about um, teal colours, you know, and black backgrounds. And whatever you think of that design language, at least they, they made it consistent, you know, with the throughout the whole operating system. Every little, you know, control and pop-up dialogue and settings page looked like they were all from the same operating system, which, oddly enough, you know, wasn't the case in um, in previous Android phones. I guess the only other thing to note is this is a period where phones started to get bigger. So it's only 2011, but you already had a 4.6 inch you know display, something that it would take you know the iPhone many many years to to add, I guess. So if we if we keep going along, we're we're almost to present day. But in October of 2012, so this is where you start to see the October um, time frame start to cement themselves. You had the Nexus 4. So this time around, Google went with LG. You know the Nexus 4 was an interesting device. Uh, you know it had a glass front. It also had a a glass back. And I remember um, fondly—well, not fondly, but (laughs) fondly—when we got one of the first um, Nexus fours off the production line, and they had this issue where the speaker was on the back of the phone. And when you placed the phone down on a table, it actually sat completely flush. And so, what would happen is you'd be playing a podcast or something like that. You put your phone down, and suddenly all you'd hear is (laughs) because (laughs) the speaker was getting muffled. So, you know, it's one of the first and only times I've seen Google roll out a, a hardware update where they stuck these little you know rubber bumpers on the phone which is kind of interesting. I mean in terms of other features of the phone there was nothing remarkable about it. I mean it had an, an okay processor the screen uh, was 4.7 inches so not a lot different to the Nexus that preceded it. Um, it was 1280 by 768 was the screen resolution so there was no real you know this was before the, the crazy jumps in, in DPI and resolution that, that we've seen recently and then I think you come to probably the most beloved you know Nexus. Of all time, perhaps, which was the Nexus Five, and that again was October twenty thirteen. So you see that October thing in there again. And Google yet again went with LG for that one. So now they had bumped the screen resolution to uh, four point nine five inches. It featured a ten eighty p display. But I think the most remarkable thing about this device was the fact that they managed to, you know, make a, a decent phone that was light. You know, it was easy to throw around. It you didn't feel like you were going to break it. It was, um, you know, it was full featured, but it was cheap. You know, you could get one for 349 I think was the launch price, and they came down in price after that, and you could get them directly from Google. So, you know, you just log into the store, bang, Nexus 5 ordered, Nexus 5 delivered. It was, yeah, it was definitely an interesting device. And when you think about it, it's probably, you know, out of all the Nexus devices that um, have been out, this is probably the one that stands out in the minds of most people because it's the one that was most often recommended. You know, if you needed a development device or you needed a cheap Android device, you really couldn't go past the Nexus at the time. You know, there were better phones that were more expensive but there were none that would get, you know, day one software updates from Google and, you know, be as affordable as the Nexus 5 was and that's where we come to an interesting point and the most recent point in the Nexus line was the Nexus 6 and I guess the most interesting step up um, in terms of the 6 was the screen size. So suddenly you had a 6-inch quad HD display and, you know, the, the phone was giant. Like, it was it was as big as, you know, the, the biggest phones that um, had been released, you know, on Android at that time. And I guess the interesting thing about that from a Nexus device point of view is that it also got really expensive. You know, the thing launched for $649 in the US for the 32 gig model. So it it kind of bucked that trend of, you know, previous Nexus phones, which were, you know, cheap and cheerful and um, very accessible in terms of price. This one was expensive and it was big. And I mean, if you want to kind of categorize the the internet kind of feeling about it, you know, some people... I love the fact that um, it was big but you definitely heard a lot more complaints than normal about wow you know this phone is huge and um, you know the camera is not not particularly great and you know it's really expensive if if I'm gonna you know spend $649 why wouldn't I get you know like a um, high-end high-end phone like a Samsung uh, you know Galaxy S6 or maybe like a Note 5 or you know other things and it's I mean this is the Nexus that they still sell, you know, up until this day and they've dropped the price of it, you know, since to try and make it more competitive, but I think out of all the the Nexus devices that came before it, this is probably for me at least was was the most disappointing. The other part of the the Nexus program which has always fascinated me was the relationship between Google and the manufacturers because it's always seemed to me that the Nexus line started as a way to almost get Google employees, you know, a standard phone. It's like, "Here, have have the Nexus and it seems to have expanded from there. You know, they they take a phone and they, they've started to market them a little bit and they've started to push them, you know, a little bit more. The Moto, sorry, not the Moto, the Nexus 6 was even sold from the, the Motorola store, which I thought was quite interesting. And it seems like I do wonder this year, like, how hard they're going to push that because you've got the relationship of all of Google's partners make phones and in some senses the Nexus line competes with those. But in other senses it always seems like Google's very careful to say, no, no, this is like... You know, very limited rollout. You know, there's not a lot of stock. We're not going to put it in carrier stores. It's going to be like a very tame here buy it from, you know, Google Play.
2: Yeah, it was. It was pretty weird. I almost, I really came so close to buying a Nexus Six uh, last what, last winter. Uh, I actually put aside a um, practically an envelope full of money, set aside to buy a large screen phone. I knew it was going to either be an iPhone Six or a big screen Android phone. And two, I mean, two, a couple of things kind of put me off of it. When, I, uh, when I've when held it in my hand, it really did feel like a Motorola phone and not like something special in and of itself. And uh, Motorola has problems putting good cameras into – particularly good cameras into, into devices. I mean the Nexus 5 isn't superstar, but it doesn't – cause any problems that can't be fixed with post-processing or by really cool uh, google photos technology and the other thing that was really super weird was that i don't want the 30 if i got a big pop tart phone it's because I occasionally want to put movies and lots of music on it lots of media and you couldn't find the 64 gigabyte version for you could have someone killed on someone's behalf as price for getting access to the 64 gigabyte model it was not available through the Motorola store not available through the Google Play store and really I I was just not willing to spend that kind of money for a 32 gig phone and fortunately by the time uh, I you could actually find them which might have been February or March kind of like I decided that well you know what I've been doing without a large screen phone now for several months maybe I would much rather spend that exact same amount of money on an iPad mini which if I want a big device but that's smaller than a laptop maybe that's going to be better for me um it's just it's the one of the deficiencies of Nexus has always been that Google doesn't really promote them like a proud flagship device uh, even though I mean i I when I recommend phones to people, I like to recommend Nexus devices because it obviates the largest problem with Android, which is getting updates uh, and sometimes i I wonder if uh, these phones are that good or if getting updates directly are is that important that I should wave people off of something just something that might be even better uh, at a slightly higher price what, what do you guys think about that?
0: actually was the Nexus 6 the first one that they started promoting on TV because I remember seeing ads for it and it was mostly to kind of promote lollipop but it was really like the worst ad on TV. It was just like the Nexus 6 uh, floating with like a on the white background and it wasn't that exciting like it was like, here's the Nexus six and you're like, oh wow, they're actually promoting the Nexus line and but the ads really not that engaging and that could and I can't remember if I actually saw that on like television or if it was uh you know I was watching Hulu or something some online ads
2: it was different because um I don't know if it was the first phone to be promoted this way or sold this way but uh, you could go into pretty much any AT&T store or any Verizon store and just buy it instead of having to go directly to the Play Store um I Remember some ads, I think those might have been done by the carrier and not by Google directly, though I could be wrong about that in any in any event, I mean you don't make it you, you don't suddenly decide that you're gonna back order phones two or three weeks when it's not true like when you're not in a position of Apple where you can't make them fast enough to to satisfy demand. it's like there there's always been sort of a uh, sort of a unfavored child. Uh, relationship, I think between Google and Nexus, and maybe it's just as simple as they don't want to be seen. Uh, they, they don't, they don't want to get Samsung steamed by saying we want to make ourselves into a competitor to Samsung. Uh, we, we, we'll, be the freak geek phone. Uh, and you'll be the one for the people that, uh, want to, want to get a fake leatherette case and, uh, Uh, not care about uh, how much data Samsung might be slurping in (laughs) when you clicked into that agreement (laughs) yeah
1: I mean I've always wondered that as well because the Nexus is absolutely famous for being out of stock for weeks at a time and it's funny (laughs) with what what used to with most manufacturers you know including Apple is when the phone um, starts the you know the build times start to become two to three weeks you know four weeks you can still order the phone but (laughs) the unique thing about the Nexus has always been if it's not currently in stock you actually can't even order it from the website you know have to keep coming back is the phone in stock is it yeah. and that that always seems weird yeah. you know a company like google i'm sure could manage that process if they wanted to but it's it's almost like you say andy they're a bit reticent to you know they want to be seen as the you know the fringe kind of phone that developers and you know hyper enthusiasts choose but not the mainstream you know here's the official google branded phone
0: yeah, I remember actually having to set up like a push bullet notification. So it would notify me each time <laughs> that the Nexus came, the Nexus 6 came back in stock. And, um, you know, one of my friends would email me or send me a Hangouts message to saying, hey, did you see the Nexus 6 is now in stock? And so you'd like rush to the site, you know, and by the time you got there, it would sell out, you know, and it, and then eventually when it was, I, th- I don't know, it must have been a couple of weeks uh, afterwards where people had already kind of bought them and I finally could buy one. And then I was kind of like, eh. Maybe I don't want to buy it. Maybe you know you made me wait so long. Maybe I want a yeah. Moto X. So. Exactly. I mean
2: that's that's the number one rule of marketing. When people are thrusting a thrusting a fistful of money in front of you, you take the money out of that hand <laughs> and it. put a put a device
1: <laughs> into their hand and then send them out the door. <laughs> or if you can't give them a, a device, you at least take their money and you be like, I promise, soon, soon there will be yeah. a device in that uh, lovely hand of yours. Where once, once the money sat, do you do you think that's going to change this year? I mean, this is the first year that there's been. Um, well, rumoured to be, but I'm sure there will be two Nexus devices. And I have heard rumours that there's going to be much more of a, a marketing push, um, you know, this time around where Google's going to be actively promoting these two phones. I mean... Do you think that's something they can actually do without, you know, upsetting the Samsungs and the LGs and the the HTC's of this world? I think they can. I think because they, they they're not gonna they're not gonna put
2: as much money into it as uh, uh, as Samsung puts into their devices. It's uh, it's amazing. Every time I I always know when Samsung has a new device because I'll get off the train at South Station and they've bought every single advertising surface at the main commuter rail hub in in Boston. Uh, T Mobile does the same thing, but. Uh, Samsung, 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 everywhere you see it. Uh, I'm not sure if Huawei is going to do the same thing with their stuff. I'm also not sure that Google even has that level of interest. I think they want to promote the entire Google portfolio uh, of hardware devices and make people aware that they have a TV device and they they have a Chromecast device. Uh, and all the, and all that sort of cool stuff. I mean, it's they're not in the business of selling their products. They're in the business of getting more people into their ad ecosystem. And these phones are kind of just a way to have that secondary benefit.
1: Yeah, and I, you mentioned the Chromecast there as well. There's there's rumors that the second version of that's going to come out. I, I mean, I don't have sales numbers for that thing, but that that seems to have sold like hotcakes. You know, every you know house that I go to, if someone has an Android phone, there's generally one or two or, or three Chromecasts around, just because. You know, for $35, you get this thing that plugs into the back of your TV, this tiny little stick, and suddenly you can throw content out of there. I mean, that seems to have been really popular.
0: Yeah, and there's actually another rumor saying that they're going to announce a device that you can attach to any speaker. So you can do the the Chromecast audio. I don't know. if I forget if they oh, have a different Google name Cast for audio, that. Googlecast audio, that's cool. uh Or Google Cast Audio. So uh, Google Cast Audio, you had these speakers that had uh, kind of the casting capability built into it. And when they announced it, I thought, yeah, Chromecast is like really awesome for throwing um, things onto my TV. I don't have to change it, you know, to Bluetooth and connect to it. It's just quick. Um, But I was like, I don't know if I see the benefit of buying a Google Cast Audio speaker versus one that just has Bluetooth. Um, so, but if, they, but if they're if they coming out with this one that it makes it easy for you, it, you to attach it to any speaker, I'm interested to see what that experience is going to be like. There's also uh, rumors saying that Spotify may be involved with this.
2: I think the, doing a uh, Chromecast, an audio version of Chromecast is a terrific idea. Because one of, one of my reticences about having uh, speakers around is that it really is kind of a pain in the butt to uh, – Bluetooth is right there. But at some point, I have to get out my phone. I have to go into settings. I have to say, please choose this as an audio device. Uh, what what uh, th- th- what I love about Chromecast for video is that I could all I have to do is just spontaneously decide that actually I'm kind of getting into this video and now I want to watch it on the real TV and not on this screen. And you tap one thing, you tap a button on your remote, and suddenly it's going. So if and God knows we've all been you know chasing after better speakers for long enough that we all have a. a, a closets full of, you know, uh, simple sets of subwoofer speakers that haven't been used for a while and the ability to suddenly reclaim all these. I you know the funny thing would be I, I actually have an iP- uh, an Apple Hi-Fi, you know, that that <laughs> white like sort of <laughs> big remember. speaker boombox little thing and the one that Steve Jobs introduced and said this the sound on this is so good. I'm actually throwing away all of the audio gear inside my house and replacing them with iPod Hi-Fis and they'd be great to simply buy this buy a 20, 25 dollar device. And again, i'm in the kitchen when i'm I'm anywhere in the house or wherever i set it up just decide that you know what i'm having a good time enjoying this podcast i think i would like to hear it through not crummy headphone speakers
1: yeah yeah it's funny you mentioned the ipod hi-fi i think that was one of the first devices i've ever seen the uh the famous steve jobs distortion field not work for you know people went away (laughs) from that event they're like what you want me to dock my yeah i guess
2: <laughs> yeah, Apple decided that maybe we don't want to make accessories anymore. Maybe we want things that we can make product videos about. Yeah,
1: actually, I gotta say we got a um, a new Sony TV here in the office um, just the other day, and the most exciting feature about it is not the fact that it has Android TV built in, but the fact that um, as part of that it supports Google Cast. So no dongle, no anything. You know, if you're watching a YouTube video and you want to show it to everyone. You know, you push one button and now it's on the screen. And that's that's weird to me. You know, there's this entire um, TV operating system, Android TV. And I'm like, eh, you know, it's okay. Like you can get apps and whatever. But the Google Cast bit is just, yeah, definitely want that. Like in every TV going forward.
2: Really, am really keen to see what they do with the video thing too. I, of all the th- reasons why it's such a good product, including that it's affordable to pretty much anybody who's interested in this sort of thing, there's a kind of magic about... I plug one, I plug this into directly into an HDMI port there is almost always a USB port on the back of the TV for software updates that you never apply, so we use that to get power, so there's no cables anywhere, it just magically does a bibbity bobbity boo connection between all of your devices to this thing (laughs) ad hoc, it's like Apple TV is wonderful, Roku is wonderful, Fire TV also wonderful but we've done a lot of things where I've unpacked a box and i found a power outlet near the TV set oh okay, I unplugged something that I don't think I'm going to use that much before, and now I've taken an HDMI cable and I've run the cable from the back of the TV to the back of the box. It's, you, you like these things, nice tidy
1: solutions. <laughs> yeah, most definitely.
0: They've even uh, said that there's going to be this like fast play update to the Chromecast, which allows you to quickly establish connections to the Chromecast, which, I mean, my Chromecast connects pretty, pretty fast. So I don't know like how much faster it can get. Although I don't know if you've had this issue, but I'll be Watching like a lot of YouTube videos and then my phone I'll just kind of set it down as I have a lot of queue of the YouTube videos that I'm watching and then it'll disconnect from the TV so like if I just want to pause it, I get my phone out to pause it and it's not connected to the Chromecast but it's still casting the video. and so then I have to kind of you know tap on the Chromecast icon again in YouTube and have it reconnect and kind of sync up again um, and that's just kind of an annoying thing because the whole thing of Kind of Chromecast is being able to control, you know, your video and TV from your phone or wrist, um, and so that's been something that's been really kind of sketchy uh, lately. And so, hopefully, this uh, fast play connection will will fix that. I'm not sure if you guys have had well, issues it's, with it's that. It's actually an
1: interesting um, technical difference. So, from a developer point of view, um, when you send something to the Apple TV, you're physically streaming that content, you know, over your Wi-Fi connection to the Apple TV, which is then displaying it. Um, you know, through HDMI onto your television. Chromecast works slightly differently. So you you send it the basic sort of um, metadata information about here's a, a video that I'm playing, here's the URL for the video and the Chromecast actually goes and streams that on its own. So what, what you're able to do is, like you said, you, you can turn off your phone, you can walk out the door, you can, you know, be out of range, you don't even have to be on the Wi-Fi network and the content will keep playing because it's the Chromecast itself that's doing the streaming. But that does lead to the other interesting sort of side effect is that your phone and every single app, you know, it's not built into the operating system. The apps themselves actually have to connect back up to the Chromecast. And while there is an API for that, like we found that, you know, occasionally it won't find the Chromecast or it'll find it, but it won't realize that, you know, something is playing. And then because the idea was meant to be, and this is how Google was pushing it, is that when your phone uh, and software sees the Chromecast, that it's meant to be able to see what's playing there. And even if it wasn't started playing from your app, you know, let's say you're playing YouTube content and you're in the Pocket Cast app, the Pocket Cast app should still have that, you know, little button with, you know, here's the YouTube video that's currently playing and you can pause it and you can, you know, skip to the next one. And that's how it's meant to work. And most of the time it does, but yeah, occasionally it doesn't. Yeah, you, you, you it must be kind of a challenge, particularly
2: for you developing an audio app because the more friction you put into the, just that simple connection to audio, I mean, the less likely someone's going to use something more than twice, I, no bigger than nerd than me but even I, I like like i said i was complaining about just tapping the tapping my screen three or four times to find and connect to a bluetooth speaker i mean one of the reasons why i really like the amazon echo uh, for audiobooks and podcasts is that i do absolutely nothing but simply say alexa i'm She's listening right now, so I'm going to be really quiet here in the studio. (laughs) Some big big cylinder behind. Play the latest episode. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's it's similar to uh, uh, some of the problems of creating camera apps, where the you can have you can have. Wonderful technology that will – you aim it at the right any, – anywhere on the right side of the planet as the thing that you want to actually take a picture of. It will do something brilliant. But the, the 90% of the features are I've got a phone asleep in my pocket. How fast can I take it out and get a picture by tapping one button? Uh, and so I can't imagine how much – Technology goes into these new Nexus devices to make sure that look as soon as the camera is alert, start just capturing stuff from the from the from the lens, so that by the time they actually press the button, we've already taken the picture because that's the single most frustrating thing ever. <laughs> I
1: think the the other big exciting thing about the upcoming um, Nexus, I don't know if you meant to call that that them if there's two of them, but is that the fingerprint recognition? So Google showed that off at um, yeah. Google I/O that you know fingerprint recognition has been a A thing on Android before, but like most things on Android, it started with the manufacturers. So um, Samsung implemented their own version. You know, (laughs) HTC famously implemented their own version with um, with all the security holes that came with it. But it sounds like for the first time, it's actually going to be built into Android, and it's going to be on a Nexus device. So you know, you have an official way to put your finger somewhere and you know unlock the device and authorize payments. So that that's going to be interesting going forward as well. Does that mean there?
2: So they're going to be. Uh, releasing Android M next week you're pretty sure?
1: I don't know that for a certainty but yeah I, I think that'll be the launch. They've given us the the near final version of that as developers that's not under NDA or anything like that I'm not going to get shot for for saying so but it it, <laughs> it seems like they're done with it, you know, whether they actually because I suspect what they'll do is they'll say um the phones are now available, you know, for pre-order and maybe 2 or 3 weeks down the track, you know, you actually receive the phone and that tends to be the day that the new version of Android launches as well. Uh, have you now?
2: Whenever we stray into NDA territory, you can just simply tell me to <laughs> go to hell.
0: Uh,
2: but have, have you been using it on a day-to-day basis? Does the does the current version seem pretty stable?
1: Yeah, yeah, it seems extremely stable. I mean, there's still um, a few quirks with it on the developer side of things because you know, as developers, we have to update our apps to work with. M and you never quite know, is it—is this something that I've done wrong or is this a, a bug in the support library or is this a bug in M? So they're sort of things we're still working through. But from an end user point of view, I mean, the battery life seems really good. You know, the operating system seems stable. Yeah. There's there's no sort of crashing or anything that you associate with the, the very early beaters and all the apps that never used to work. So I remember when Android M first came out, you know, you'd try and launch half your apps and predictably they'd crash because... None of the developers had access to this beforehand. But now that's that's a thing of the past. Like all the apps I tried, you know, seem to work it. Yeah, it seems ready to go. That
2: That's the one thing that uh, – the only thing I really hate about my uh, my Nexus 5 is that I'm uh, – now that I'm testing out the new uh, Moto, uh, Moto 360, uh, I've, now I have – even more than ever, I have to have like a backup Android phone in my pocket alongside the iPhone that I'm using to test out iOS 9 and i just the only times i ever hate that adorable little phone in its pink android case is when i just have to have that conversation and say i took you off the charger at 11 a.m. <laughs> it is now 6 hours later and i've basically done nothing with you not you're not just telling me low battery the screen is dark man this is this is i mean, you, you you've Apple exists on the same planet as the company that manufactured you, with the same laws of physics apply to you as applied to an iPhone. <laughs> Why do I have to charge you in the middle of the day when you basically spent that entire day just on the corner of my desk? So, so, so the extended battery life really does work? Yeah.
1: So they, for those that don't know, they introduced a new thing. I think they've called it Doze. I want to say that's the the marketing name for it, but the basic idea is if the phone thinks you're not currently using it, which is the case a lot of times when you think it's sitting in your pocket, it's sitting on a desk, you know, you're not actively interacting with it, it actually goes into a, a super low power mode and that that seems to make the biggest difference because what i found, same as you, Andy, I'll have a Nexus device, you know, I'll leave it on the table, I'll pick it up four hours later as I go to lunch and I'll be like, oh, where, where did that 40% of my battery go? What what on earth have you been doing? And um, it, it's interesting when you think about it, It's it's yeah, it's, it's a new thing to Android because... As a developer, you've always been able to just wake up your app whenever you want, download whatever you want, you know, for as long as you want, keep keep the phone unlocked, keep the CPU active. And that's amazing for developers and it gives you amazing flexibility, but it, it's always come at the, you know, at the cost of battery life.
0: Yeah. So do you have to change your app to behave differently to support those or is it just going to like cut off uh Any wake up?
1: It's a little bit of both. So using the new Dose thing, um, if you want your app to take advantage of that, you're going to have to make changes. The interesting thing is that if you don't make changes to your app, it'll still affect the way it runs. And in essence, this is the first time I've seen Google kind of put the hammer down and be like, you know what, there's not going to be a period where your app can just do whatever the heck it wants. You know, There won't be a moratorium where you get three months and then if you haven't updated, we're going to put it down. It'll be down from day one. So developers that don't, um, update their apps for it are actually going to be worse off, and I do wonder, from a consumer point of view, you know, if you have an app that suddenly starts behaving funny because it's, you know, trying to refresh itself every fifteen minutes, how that's, how that's going to go? You know, it's going to be an interesting sort of transition.
2: That'd be kind of brilliant if that's actually part of Google's strategy. Uh, Apple likes to shame developers. Uh, into adopting APIs that Apple really wants everybody to be on board with. For instance, when they switched their inter- their interface to iOS seven, uh, that big, huge, like totally redesign. They said they told their, they told all the developers that it's great. You, you know, if you don't have the time or the resources to totally redo your user interface for this beautiful new clean design, that's fine. And developers said, "Oh, so it'll just like sort of translate into? No, it will. We'll have it draw and look like an iOS six app, and your app will be the only app that still has big, fat, glossy <laughs> buttons with unnecessary drop shadows. And they'll they'll leave their wonderful place of high definition graphics and go back into your." crap haven of terrible icons but if that's what you want why don't you go ahead and do this? It, it, it just occurs to me that that would be that it seems like that would be the best way to get every developer on board saying that's fine no if, if you can't or don't want to update for to support those, that's fine your app will crash maybe every 15 minutes to a half hour but so long as it's an app that people don't use for more than eight minutes at a time i'm sure they won't be that won't affect your, your rating on the Google Play Store, and I'm sure that won't affect your, your customer support costs or anything
1: like that. Did, it, did I know? So here's the PDF on how to support those, how easy it is to do that? You
0: know, if you feel like it. The, the other
1: interesting one is permissions. So for the first time in Android M, um, users will have the ability to you know deny location permission or SMS permission to an application. And that's that's another thing for which there's not a lot of backwards compatibility. Like someone can go into your app that was updated two years ago deny it location access then it's like well let's let's see what's going to happen you know with that app there 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 is a small layer you know for some things that google can actually give the app fake data for example you know they can say you're at uh, zero zero or there's there's no contacts whatsoever in the address book and for those things it'll work but for some of the other permissions you know if you don't, don't update your app then yeah you're, you're lost on that front as well so if there are any developers listening that's probably the first thing you have to do before that <laughs> launches is is update for those two things have
2: you used? Have you used the new? Uh, I I love in the demo that if you're ever confused on any screen of any app, just hold on the home button and Google Now will figure out what it is you're confused about and tell you who this Trini Lopez person that this IMDb page is trying to tell you about. Is, is that is that actually wired up to go yet, or is that something that doesn't go live until they actually send it to go go uh, to uh, consumers? No,
1: that's that's something they've given us all the APIs for and all the documentation and everything else, but it's something you can't actually play with yet. So it looks like they haven't flicked the, um, you know, the magical giant. I just imagine they have this giant lever somewhere and there's there's a key and two people (laughs) put in the key and then, you know, they they push (laughs) the levers at the same time and then, you know, now on tap I think is what it's called, goes live. But no, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't had a chance can, to. Can to I, play with connect Can I it.
2: make my brain come up with now on tap? So I knew, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I imagine a big, Pink like beer. old, timey like lever switch <laughs> with just one one
1: mark is, is marked fun, the other pole is marked no fun. It's in the no fun <laughs> position right now for all the developers. Yeah, so I, I don't have any inside information as to to when that actually goes live, but I assume sometime you know between now and when the uh, the new Nexus phones launch, that's that's going to be a thing.
0: Yeah, um, on the Chrome app, it kind of if you highlight so if you're on your phone, and you're using the Chrome app, and you highlight a certain amount, like some text, it'll pop up with this uh, kind of Google search bar in the bottom. And I'm thinking, this is a way that the now on Top will work. Obviously, the now on tap is gonna be ro- more robust. But you can actually search from kind of the that bar at the bottom, um, which kind of gets me excited, because you know, all I did was highlight a word, and it gave me um, some information and context. So I think it's going to save me some stats from who is that person that you're referring to? Oh, okay, that's blah 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 blah. Anyways, so um, I'm, I'm really excited for now on top.
2: It's it's really you know it's really interesting. Right now I'm still immersed. I'm I'm still writing my iOS nine uh, column uh, after using it finally full time for the past like week and a half because you, you don't really. It's the the time is long past when. A manufacturer like Google or Apple can just ship a new version of the operating system and you get it. It really is about how our developers are supporting this. So I had to wait to get all these third-party apps to see all these iOS 9 features. And the thing that's really striking me about iOS 9 and about what I'm understanding about Android M, it's weird because all the things I like about iOS 9 are how they've brought Android-style features into iOS. Like it's not as though they've added a formal back button. But now there are breadcrumbs supported by developers so that if you drill down into an app, you will see on the upper left-hand corner a little like left-facing arrow and a little legend that says back to contacts or back to Twitter. Uh, just so many little things just like that. And all the things I like about Android M are ways in which Google is making Android more like iOS, like uh, being able to have fine-grained permission, uh, control over app permissions,
1: and a battery that lasts more than 18 minutes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've wanted to, for the longest time since I saw that feature in the iOS 9 beta, just to make an app called The Future. So that everyone can have a little thing at the top that just says "Back to the Future." <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to go there. I want to drop that phone right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> at least it was—it was a reference to a, to a movie we
1: all enjoy, that all of our listeners enjoy. So we will forgive you for that. Certainly. Yes, the, the joke was terribly executed. So hopefully you can forgive that part. But the, the, <laughs> mute, the movie wasn't. You know, it is a critically acclaimed, and I'm still waiting for my hoverboard. And despite you know various rumors that come up from time to time but we've invented the hoverboard as long as you pour liquid nitrogen onto the surface and only only glide along this one thing you're like <laughs> mm. <laughs> anyway we should uh, we should probably probably a good spot to uh, to break for an ad and i'm super excited about um uh, this week's sponsor it's one password so one password is a service that i use on all my devices so uh on my mac um it's it's even on windows these days i use it on my iOS device. I use it on my Android devices. So if you're wondering what it is, it's it's a way to to store all of your passwords. So if you think about, you know, you live in the digital world, you've got you've got to have a password for pretty much every single service you access. And if you're one of these people that reuses the same password anywhere, that is really not a good idea. I mean, every day you read about sites being um, hacked and compromised. And often the way they do it is they'll steal your password off some site you don't care about, so some forum you went to two years ago and used the same password you use everywhere they now have your password for that and what they'll do is they'll try it on every other service with the same email address and if that's the password you use you know bang suddenly suddenly you have access to your gmail or your you know your critical information in dropbox or you know anything that you've used this password for so what one password does is it gives you a really easy way to create a unique and strong password for every single site um and service that you access and you can even sync those things so if you have it hooked up to dropbox you know that'll sync to all your um, various devices and the the good thing about it is it's integrated into both iOS and Android so let's say you're on a particular website and you know you've used one of these amazing secure passwords all you have to do is just on iOS you bring up the little share sheet and you go bang sign in with one password that'll sign you in on Android they have a, um, a keyboard that you can use that'll automatically fill um, you know the various forms and it makes it super simple so if you think about it You've now upped your security, so you're not using these, you know, these terrible same passwords everywhere. You've got a unique password for every single site you go to. You've got them saved, hopefully in some way that that syncs, like in Dropbox. That's that's what I personally do. And now you have, you know, all your passwords everywhere. You don't ever have to remember them. You know, there are a whole bunch of services I wouldn't even know my password to just because one password handles that for me. And I've been using it now, oh goodness knows, you know, three or four years, and it's it's never let me down for that purpose. So a, a recent addition to One Password is. Um, the idea of time-based one-time passwords, so they're those things that you see on some websites for for two-factor authentication, where it'll just regenerate, you know, a password every you know twenty seconds or whatever it is, and it, it's a it's a cool way to keep you secure because if someone has your password and they don't have that second authentication step, then they still can't log into your account, you know. So it's that extra level of security, and you know it, it's available on all the platforms that One Password is. So if you're not uh, yeah, a 1Password user, you know, I'd really recommend that you go and try it. You know, if you're not using some kind of password management system, you're really kind of doing the internet wrong. So you want to go to agilebits.com slash 1Password and find out more. Um, you'll find, you know, the app there for, like I said, your Mac, uh, your iOS device, your Android device, they're, they're all there. It's secure, it's a free download, and you do get a 30-day free trial of all the premium features. Uh, thanks so much to AgileBits Bits and 1Password for supporting this episode. Put passwords in their place with one password.
2: Before we close, I just wanted to because you, you people listening don't know, but we, we do this, we record this in the form of a Skype video call so that we can see each other and make nasty faces at each other and try to make each other <laughs> laugh while they're supposed to be talking. <laughs> I'm making the internationally uh,
1: recognized symbol of putting my thumb on my nose and wiggling my fingers at uh, Andy right now.
2: No, no, no. Uh, Australia, you do have that heritage in, like, in England. So, like, is this
1: like the same sort of like offensive thing? Whoa, (laughs) Andy, take it easy. Uh,
0: (sighs) I'm just giving you the peace sign, Russell. (laughs)
1: Two peace signs. Wow, I feel feel so at peace right now.
2: (laughs) Oh, so I got—I was distracted by your left wrist. Because it's whatever screen you've got on your watch right now, it just keeps reminding me of like Watch OS 2.0. And until like I got like a better look at like, had, did Yasmin get an Apple Watch? Is the, did, she, did she? Never. Has she, she even suckered by the by the glamour and the glitz of the, of the Apple like design school?
1: Yasmin, how could you?
0: <laughs> Shh. You can't tell our <laughs> listeners. Also, did did
1: you enlarge no, your Apple Watch a bit? The... It looks quite a bit bigger than the... Uh... Yeah, no, it's ginormous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the uh, Asus uh, ZenWatch, which is my my favorite thing was when like they announced the Apple Watch. And then I think after that, a couple of weeks later, Asus announced their uh Zenwatch version 2 and some people were like they're copying the Apple Watch where's the innovation <laughs> and i was just like you do realize the ZenWatch was released like a couple of months ago way before that not news, only but that but if we- you we'll have you not have seen
1: <laughs> uh Johnny she introduce the original Pad Phone uh we'll have to put that in the show notes because it is the most amazing keynote introduction i've ever seen in my entire life.
0: <laughs> you did show me that <laughs> Honestly, if you're listening
1: to our podcast right now, find it in the show notes, hit play, and you can thank us later. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: there has been a lot of speculation about
1: one Asus mystery product. Without further delay... Is
0: this a pad? Oh, a phone in the pad?
2: Are you running? Now that doesn't run the new version of Android Wear, does it? I thought I was. It is okay because I, 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 I thought I, I thought I recognized the watch face as one of the interactive ones.
0: It is so. Um, let's see. This one's bits by us too, and we talked about it last yeah. week. Can you see it? And then you could. My favorite part is that on Bits, when you click on the calendar, it opens up... Well, now it's not
1: working, of <laughs>
2: course.
0: <laughs> well, there it goes. When you click on the calendar, it opens up like a, a month view. Oh, now it went away.
1: Oh. So it just yep. kind of oh, gives yeah, you... Oh, yeah, see what you mean. It it's a little month...
0: You. That's a nice. little month view. So, I, like, okay, one of the things I always do is I go to Trader Joe's and I buy my salads. And I'm like, when is that salad going to expire? Is that, like, <laughs> is that expires in three days or is that going to last me all week? Anyway, so it's a fun yeah. one. Actually, I got to show you guys this. And I know our listeners can't see this. But my favorite uh, watch face right now is, I think it's called The Droid Awakens. It's a BB-8 of can you guys see oh, that is, it? It, yep. is. But then oh, see it click on that yep. is it interactive now
1: yep <laughs> uh. yeah <laughs> so you, you click
0: on the bb8 head and then it kind of gives it the head moves around and then it also gives you hearts here let me see if i can get it well it loves you guys so it's a fun it's a fun little uh watch face that you can play with it's kind of like having a toy you tap on the bb8 head and then it gives you a little card that says like little hearts that says I love you. Uh, it doesn't say I love you, but just little hearts. And <laughs> my daughter loves playing with it, and she's always like, "Mama, can I play with your watch?" You know, and she plays with it. And when she sees the heart, she goes, "Oh, it loves and me." And if, if yeah. that's
1: not licensed so it's a fun uh, from watch, Lucas Arts, it's probably gone from the store any second now after you mention it. Yes, me. <laughs> it looks pretty <laughs> awesome though. But that, <laughs> yeah, but
2: that, that's what I love about Android Wear. It's like, uh, you know, so I, so I got the, I, I have the uh, Moto 360, the 2015 edition and I'll I'll, t- I'll talk about it in a minute but it's like I'm supposed to be uh, th- I was uh, the the watch that I was a su- watch app that I was really supposed to download was the one you just showed off because it shows off here's how interactive it is and you can have different you can customize it so there are different dials like uh, multiple dials for different apps and different features but then like I'm, so I do a search on the, on the store for like interactive watch apps like oh wait there's one where it's a kitty oh look and, and when you tap the watch the kitty looks up and wags its tail oh that's oh and when it, and when it goes into ambient mode it's kitty is asleep oh that's so adorable why is this why isn't this like 50 dollars? because it's the coolest thing ever it's like i I mean but in my defense it's like that's the signature difference for me between like android wear and apple watch i'm I'm wearing apple watch every single actually i've actually been wearing this full time for a week because i really like it um but it's like i've had to wear uh, apple watch every day for like three or four months and it's like it's beautifully designed and it's elegant and i'm sure that they can give me a 38-minute video explaining why they chose the font that they did and why the ligatures are but it's no fun it's not they don't they won't give me a kitty that wags its tail when i tap the screen and they'll tell me that i'm silly for wanting a watch that has a kitty on it that wags its tail when i tap the screen um but uh uh, quick comments on it i'm still uh, hopefully uh Maybe by the time not probably not by the time people listen to this but maybe next week I'll have a review of it up really like it a lot and I think it's the prettiest Android wear watch that I've physically seen uh, because it's forty two millimeters which means it's right uh, it is right within the bandwidth of what a men's watch would be for size it's only it's not even particularly thicker than a traditional man's watch so it's the first Android wear watch that I've ever used that it you don't feel like you have to get used to having a weirdly shaped device gadget on your wrist. It really does read as a regular watch. That's not just because of it's a very traditional round uh, case, uh, but also you get you, know, you, you don't have to spend one hundred fifty dollars to get an actual leather strap with it. So it really does look like a like a regular wristwatch uh, on, on your on your wrist. Uh, it has all the other cool stuff that I like about Android Wear about it, but really it's about 40 uh, the the size of the original Moto 360 was even a little bit too big for my beefy hairy body that's built for winter warfare <laughs> in eastern russia you know it's um i was uh, i was uh, out uh, seeing a movie with a friend Yes, you tried out of me. So a special preview of The Martian. I know. I don't. I didn't want to say it, but you were just badgering me, holding no, up those have signs a phone and telling us what I movie have it was.
1: And I actually ordered before you. Yes. Not only yeah. do you have the watch that I ordered before you and still don't have. You've also seen a movie that I'm not currently able to see. Thank, thanks, Andy. I have so little. Aww. I have so little in life. I don't own my
2: own company that produces software, and I don't have a family with children. All I have is this watch and, pre- and sneak previews of movies. Let, let me revel in my own limited, limited. limited limited positive positivity um but so uh, uh now, a, now we have a, to get your review on both th- by the way the the watch and the movie <laughs> yeah yeah what what uh, the, the uh, i'm sorry what, what I, all I wanted to say was that uh, so i have a friend a friend of mine who's uh uh the serenity caldwell who writes so much cool stuff about ios on imore.com wrote reams and reams and reams of material and published ebooks on uh on apple watch uh and we sort of have sort of a uh uh, she's a uh, she plays roller derby. Uh, she is a, a young woman, very very fit and very very uh very, very light build. And so, uh, she helped. We helped each other out because I needed to see what the original Moto 360 looked on look like on a woman's wrist, and she wanted to get that photo and that information too. So we at the end of the movie, we you know we did the same thing and. It does. It still looks a little big on a normal woman's wrist, but it's really not outside of the bandwidth of what you might see on a woman's wrist. I think that even obviously this is the one that no naughty naughty Motorola. You're identifying this as the man's style and the woman's style, which is very twenty. Ten or twenty eleven, uh, but uh, it's so maybe, maybe it's maybe that's why when I saw it on a wrist, I thought it looks like your boyfriend's watch, but it doesn't looks it doesn't look silly on your wrist, but it doesn't look like it was something that was made for a woman, even though it's the smaller of the two signs.
0: Although um, I think the difference between the forty two millimeter men and women's is Case actually the watch band yeah, size. Yeah, so the right? women's one yeah, is I think yeah, much uh, I think,
1: Well Although, really, they yeah. could have just offered you band sizes and. Face yeah. sizes. And yeah, they didn't have to label them. You know, male and female. Right. And so, some of and the also, colors yeah, on the the female watch. I'm like, I want those. Yeah, can I exactly. have those you, get, you can get gold. You can get other. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, they have a r- rose gold for the women's, which it looks beautiful. But yeah. um, continue. It's oh, it,
2: it, it looks great. The weird. The weird thing is like uh, just like with the Moto X, Moto sent me a coupon code for uh, the Moto Maker app with some sort of magic kudu in it that said, whatever it is, don't wait until the ship until it actually launches, ship it, build it and ship it right away. And so whereas I had a lot of fun, I almost couldn't choose the color scheme for the Moto X, for this one, it was like, okay, wow, that's great. So I can choose a band, and I can choose a case color and metal and texture, and I can also choose what color of metal and texture the little ring around the screen is going to be. And every time I try to deviate from, how about... An all silver watch with a plain leather band. It started like, okay, well, how about if I have a, a gold body and a black front? Oh, okay. I look like a 19 year old lottery winner. Okay. How about a black with a black with silver front? And now I look like I'm from some country that would understand that this is stylish, but I'm not in a country that would
1: understand. Okay. How about silver and just regular tan
2: leather? Yeah. I had, I had exactly the uh, same
1: experience. In fact, the the silver one with the tan leather they have is exactly what I ended up ordering. The only other one that interested me was the Batman watch. So you can get the the black the black metal band, the black metal body, and then the kind of gold. I don't know what you call it, like brush metal style gold on the front. And I'm like, now I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I sure would. Would Batman use Android? Yeah,
2: he'd he'd, pro- he'd, of prob- course. he'd he'd probably be. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm trying to figure out whether. The, on the one hand, I think that he would be concerned about the security issues with Android versus iOS and uh, traffic being observed by Google. On the other hand, I think he would just download the binaries and have one of his shell companies create a super, super secret uh, and secure version of Android that only he has
1: access yeah, to. Yeah, I feel like he'd make his own hardware and <laughs> modify the software. Yeah, it'd be bat Yes. Only for Batman.
0: Ooh, I want bat <laughs>
1: Uh, the Martian. The
2: Martian was excellent. It was so good. It it really ha- it had all the character of the book. I won't give any. I won't give out any spoilers for people. If you haven't read the book, for God's sakes read the book, because uh, it's it's just superb. Uh, um, it's uh, but people. It's 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 such an idiosyncratic book that a lot of people were wondering how can they possibly. There's so many reasons ways they could turn this into an awful movie, but they didn't. They turned it into a really great movie. The key differences are that um, there isn't the same sort of page by page data dump uh, that happens in the book. Cause they can't have someone explaining. Let me explain exactly how a radio and space radio antenna works and why it might fail under certain circumstances. It really just ha- you have to. <laughs> it, there has to be a line of dialogue that says, "Oh, the radio antenna failed." Now let's move on. So they. they so I mean, that's one of the most satisfying parts of the book. On the in the movie, they replace that with better characterization, uh, which is something that was kind of missing from the book. I'll, but the other, the last thing I'll say though is that. Um, I'm not the sort of person who judges a movie based on how representative it is, but boy, when the when you for the first time in a year or two you see a movie where all these characters they could have cast a woman, they could have cast a man, they could have cast a white person, they could have cast a person of any sort of different uh, different heritage, and they basically said, let's just get cool people for these roles. Uh, you see all kinds of body types. Yes, the people who are like the three or four dramatic leads they're very handsome and pretty but even <laughs> there they're like the sort of sort of handsome that you would see in the real world and not the sort of thing where you know that somewhere in the studio there are 18 copies of this exact same body and when they run out of when they wear out one they just sort of activate <laughs> they put the chip in the, this other body
0: <laughs> touch up the makeup and send it, onto the, send it
2: onto the set but really really great i think
1: i think you i think people should really see it in the first week
0: Oh, I'm looking forward to Exciting.
1: it. And I'm also looking forward to finding out what other things you have pre-access to, Andy. If there's anything else in your <laughs> life that uh, you get before us, we'd love to know.
2: We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll do a prisoner exchange. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll, you'll see, tell me. Okay,
0: so uh, Andy, uh, Russell and I were on a podcast uh, talking about Android gaming uh, on a friend's podcast, and we were saying that if Material were to be a band, What would it be? And we decided it would be Spice Girls, that we would be the Spice Girls. And we decided (laughs) that you, Andy, would be Posh Spice. And I think you're just, you know, that your your luxury lifestyle,
1: yeah. The the exotic know,
2: (laughs) I'm not gay, but the chance to see Beckham naked on a regular basis, anybody would like a big dish of that. I I can't be displeased.
0: (laughs) And, uh, you know, Russell was fighting for posh spice and he was kind of throwing a fit about it so i think that just uh you know he's baby spice because he was throwing a big fit about it he wanted to be posh spice and i was like no russell you're baby spice and of course i'm scary spice because you know i'm you're in your face attitude always (laughs) and the hair
1: yes me the hair
0: don't forget the hair always intimidated by your
2: in the face attitude (laughs) i almost don't know when to say it don't want to set you off you know is it an act? Is this is this a prickly facade you throw up to prevent people from getting close to you, Yasmin? Tear down the walls. Let love and light in.
1: I beseech you. I, I can just see the, the post interviews after Material breaks up. I, I always knew that you know Yasmin had a softer side. You know she, ne- she never so- showed it on the show, but uh, you know you, you sat down after the show and you're like, my goodness, Yasmin, you do actually have a heart, and you're, you're a very nice person.
0: We want to thank everyone for listening. It's been a super fun show. And Andy, where can people find you and get updated stats on the Wally build?
2: <laughs> uh, best place to find me is uh, just follow me on Twitter. I'm at Anatko. Uh, you have to spell my last name. I will. Okay, I'll, I'll let you cheat. I H N as in Nancy, A T as in Tom, K O. Uh, also find links to my blog where I try to post links to uh, stuff that I have written. Uh, status of the Wally. Now, I'm, I'm at the exciting point where it just looks like a scary, like Halloween headless Wally where he is intentionally like hid his head behind himself so he looks like the headless wally uh i've read ahead in the instructions and now <laughs> all i have to do is make two sets of arms and the left and right side of his head wow he
1: almost looks like he should I'm be so, able to assemble to himself
2: it's oh not without arms He's still, <laughs> he still he 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 needs me only until i at least get one working arm and that I think for that reason I'm gonna I'm gonna take like one of these Lego bricks and just hide it so that he at some point he'll have to come to me <laughs> to find the last brick. If you love something, set it free. If it loves you, it'll come back. But if you keep it under your control, this inanimate robot object, no you you will not ever be left alone.
0: <laughs> and Russell, uh, where can people find you? Maybe hear you complain about not being Posh Spice. Yeah,
1: I'm still bitter about that, but I'm not <laughs> going to air my grievances on the show. Like I said, Which I'm going to... What Spice Girl do you want?
2: Do you really, really want? <laughs> <laughs> you see, I'm, I'm hip to that 90s culture. I'm not
1: completely out of touch with modern music. Right. True, true story. <laughs> uh, 13-hour car trip across Australia one time. Uh, we stop at this regional town, and this was back in the days of cassette tapes. My brother walks into a music store, walks out with the best of the Spice Girls. So we got to listen to that 13 <laughs> hours and that's <laughs> okay now do,
2: I, I hope i don't open up some bad memories but was he being taken to his like make a wish foundation <laughs> event because he was going to be dying soon i can't think of any other reason why any parent would allow a child to make that selection on a, on a car oh, trip.
1: You, you haven't met my brother his, his whole thing is um i must be as controversial as possible and when i find your buttons i'm going to push them real hard but they, <laughs> anyway <laughs> good choice <laughs> you can find me at rusty shelf on twitter and at the moment, I'm in iOS developer mode. So you can find me uh, complaining about content blocking, uh, talking about the latest uh, 3D <laughs> touch and all that sort of thing. But I'm sure we'll go back to our um, scheduled Android programming shortly after that.
0: And I'm at Yasmeen Avian on Twitter. And of course, you can find us on Twitter at Material Podcast. And email us feedback but only good feedback if if you don't want our uh, fourth co-host to come find you at material podcast we'll we'll we'll, at we'll, gmail. Pro- we'll protect com. you we
2: be honest with us we don't want to live we <laughs> don't want to live in a world where we can't even believe all the nice things that people say about us before fear of... and
1: record. and if you want me to be <laughs> posh biased then now's the time to petition uh, at material podcast on twitter you know, for me, we can also accept yeah, Photoshop's t- us, of, 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 of <laughs> Russell as Baby Spice at that same address. Oh, dear.
2: <laughs> we will have the best ones we printed on t shirts and for sale at the ma- <laughs> in the material store so that I will have more money in my PayPal account to buy more domains.
0: Do it, listeners. I believe in listeners. <laughs> you can email us feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com and visit our website at relay.fm forward slash material. And if you want to listen to me and Russell uh, talk more about Android gaming, we'll put a link to our our, uh, friend's podcast that we were on, Unconsolable. So until next time, spice up your life. Stay in material.
1: Tell you what I want, what I really, really, really want. Do ya. Do ya.
0: It
2: must be weird to develop user interfaces where you're not allowed to use any color whatsoever. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun in Android. If I wanted to make the whole top of it red, they let me do that. And how about a big yellow button with a plus sign? But no, I'm here in the <laughs> land of no serif fonts and... No color other than light gray. Oh, look, my
1: official response, Andy, is that the deference is amazing. The amount of negative space we use in our application is uh, perfect. And uh, everything is in its place and everything is as it should be. And as has been ordained... <laughs>